Welcome to the Big Kid Problems Podcast, based on the comedic social channel all about not wanting to be an adult. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, creator, and pretty normal human behind the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now podcast, Big Kid Problems. So I've spent the last almost decade making jokes about navigating the adult world. And as I've gotten older, I've realized that no matter what your age is, we all have big kid problems. We're all just trying to figure it out. And you know what? That's okay. So each week, we're going to take a funny yet informative look at a specific struggle or big kid problem, if you will. Then we'll break it down with a rotating cast of comedians, personalities, and experts to actually give us the tools and resources to help us solve our big kid problem of the week. From love and relationships, money, career, physical and mental health, bad decisions, and just general life responsibilities, nothing is off limits. So thank you so much for joining me as we navigate adulthood together. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Guys, welcome back to the last episode of 2020. That's right. We made it. It has been a year. For those of you just tuning into this podcast for the first time, welcome. I'm your host, Sarah Merrill, the writer, comedian, and creator of the popular Instagram, Twitter, blog, and now obviously podcast, Big Kid Problems. My longtime listeners, welcome back. I am just so proud of you and really proud of all of us for making it through this year together. 2020 is almost over and it's been a fucking shit show. Like I have to tell you from a creator standpoint, like I began this year with a whole plan and list of topics I wanted covered. And seriously, about a week before I kicked off this season in March, that's when the whole world fell apart. Like everything shut down and I took one look at my perfectly curated episode list and just threw that shit out and basically started over. I mean, it was a scramble at times this year, but I really did try my best to bring you relevant episodes week after week. And we've been lucky enough to get some incredible guests on the show to help us all get through this shitstorm of a year. Trust me, I've been right there in the trenches with you guys. And I can only hope that this podcast, even if it was one little insight or one little joke that made you chuckle, I just hope that this show brought a little bit of joy or maybe a little bit of lightness to your year. And that's actually what inspired the idea of this episode. I wanted to go back and pull some of my favorite insights from this past year and put them all together for a fun little 2020 compilation episode. For anyone new to the show, this is like a little amuse-bouche, if you will. You're going to get a little taste of several awesome episodes that I hand-selected for this show. And this is actually my first attempt at a compilation episode, and it was a lot harder than I thought. Like, there are so many good episodes to choose from and things I wanted to include, but I really tried to narrow it down. So if you like these, I hope it inspires you to go back and check out some past episodes that you may have missed, especially while we're off the air next week for the holiday. If you've been enjoying this show and want to give me a little holiday gift, please, please leave a little five-second review. Trust me, I know. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts and always forget to review them, but it really does make a huge impact and will help this little show grow. You can send it to a friend you think might like it or screenshot this episode, post it on your story, and maybe share your favorite insight. Just remember to tag me if you do post on social, and Santa may hook you up with some prizes over the holidays. I don't know. Fuck around and find out. All right. With that, 
quick break to hear from two of our amazing sponsors who helped make this season possible. And we will be right back with some of my favorite insights of the year. Stay tuned. The holidays are around the corner, folks. Why not give the gift of comfortable, washable, and sustainable shoes and bags from Rothy's? If you haven't heard of Rothy's, they make stylish, sustainable shoes and bags from eco-friendly materials like repurposed plastic water bottles and marine plastic. I know you already know, but plastics are a huge problem in our environment. And to date, Rothy's has transformed over 70 million bottles into beautiful shoes, handbags, and face masks. They come in so many different styles, colors, prints, and patterns. I mean, I have the Chelsea style. They're like a slip-on shoe that comes to the ankle, and I live in them. They go with everything, and I get so many compliments every time I wear them. They're also super comfortable. Like, I've passed that phase in life where I'll wear uncomfortable shoes as long as they're cute. Oh no, comfort is key. And Rothy's knit to shape design keeps my feet nice and cozy. Check out all the amazing shoes, bags, and masks available right now at rothys.com slash BKP. That's rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S.com slash BKP. It's where style and sustainability meet to create your new favorites. They also make a great gift for anyone on your list And if you don't want to guess styles, they have gift cards too. So again, head to rothys.com slash BKP. I'm also going to link it in show notes and check them out today. All right. For these first few episode snippets, just to give you some context, we're going to start things off with a clip from episode 50, talking about the state of mental health this year, which I know, way to start off on a positive note. But then we have a clip from a sixth generation shaman, Shaman Durek, episode 57, on how to stay calm in chaos. And then Jesse Israel, in a clip from our burnout episode, is going to give us a few useful tips to help us feel less stressed. Here we go. Okay, do you want a serious answer? Or you want the hit me with what you got? Well, what's what's <laughs> okay? So the serious answer is, and and this is like absolute scientific fact, but because we are in like a, a sort of global existential crisis, and because we are we have been in what's called fight or flight mode, it's our sympathetic nervous system since you know late February of this year. What we're used to doing is when we're in fight and flight mode, we are running from a tiger. We are, you know, running from on a chain, a train chasing us, running from something that is supposed to be threatening our existence. What that has become over time has been not making a deadline with a boss or whatever. So it's become a lot more day to day because this whole coronavirus and the economy and everything is not necessarily going to crush us every day, but it's slowly crushing our souls into. (laughs) like nothingness. Um, We are fighting that and we're constantly in that zone. And so what ends up happening is you become numb. And it's actually a type of PTSD. Really? So it is. So we are all experiencing a low level of PTSD right now. And because we've never been able to study anything like this, nothing like this has happened before. It hasn't happened on a global scale. It hasn't happened for this long. We don't know what psychological effects will 
will become of this, will become of us, basically. And so I know you asked for the serious answer. Oh my she's God. like looking at me like she's really scared. No, she I be. but that, no, but it's so true. It like I, we definitely do all are gonna all have PTSD. Yes, yeah, but it isn't it, PTSD is post traumatic. Like we are still we're, in we're, it. we're just having the TSD, <laughs> traumatic <laughs> stress disorder. So, like to give you an example of this, right? If it's your first day in war, okay, and you're out there on the front lines, you're running, the adrenaline is pumping, you're going, you're running between like I don't fucking. Canadian. I don't even know war. I'm like, trenches? What do you guys have? I don't know. Running between boulders, whatever you have in war. So you're going, you're going, you're going, your adrenaline is pumping. Now think about like eight months into war. Okay. You get up. It's kind of the same thing. You don't really know when the bomb's going to hit. You don't know if it's going to hit. You don't know, you know, if you're going to be flying in a suicide mission today. You don't know if you're going to be on the front lines. You don't know if you're going to be attacked. You don't really know. But it's kind of been like this for a solid eight months and you're just going through the motions and trying to stay alive on a much lesser scale because obviously we're not going to be hit with shrapnel or bombs, but you never know what happened in <laughs> Lebanon. Like this is happening to us every day. So what ends up happening is this, this blah that you feel or this numbness is just your body's way of adapting to the constant external threat of existence, sickness, everything. It's real, man. It is real. Yeah. So we're all going through this sort of, you know, traumatic stress period and we're all taking it different ways. And some people, I mean, I know a ton of my patients who went on depression medication for the first time. I know a lot more people have gone on anti-anxieties. I think everybody needs to be talking to a therapist, you know, but you need to take it seriously. This isn't just a cute work from home two weeks that got extended and now we're a little chubby. Like (laughs) this is serious and it will have psychological repercussions for years to come. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Should have started with rashes. I'm like, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> anyway, Wait, you can find me at. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I'm just going to like lay down really fast. Um, everything's fine. Everything's okay. So anyway, a lot of people <laughs> ask me about my skincare routine. <laughs> So what I tell people to do is just to stop reacting, make yourself a nice cup of tea, Hmm. and just observe the the masquerade ball. Just observe. Like you're going to a party. You're like, oh, we're at the Greek theater. Here we go. Let's take a look at this. How fascinating. Look at them. Look at that. And you just hold your place of love. So for those who want to come out of the of the war and out of the thing and get healing, you're there to provide the wisdom. You're there to provide the sustenance. You're there to provide whatever is necessary. But you do not get caught up in the nonsense. That's what they want. You pull your energy into your kids, into yourself, into your family, into business, into health, into thinking positive, into creative ideas, into lovemaking, into just soul talks and having great friends and connections, but not into the chaos because that's all they need to rile everyone up so they can keep us enslaved. And that's not okay. So, and I'd love to talk also about some of the ways that we can we can move out of burnout. Yes, please. Give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> First one is not going to be a surprise. Meditation is really helpful because it brings so much rest into the system. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, it turns off the fight or flight response, turns on the relaxation response. If you can be doing that at least once a day, 
for ideally five minutes. So at least five minutes, ideally 20 minutes. This is going to create a tremendous shift because it's going to start bringing more rest into the system and you're going to get some, you're going to start getting some of the benefits that we talked about. So that's the first thing. You can do that by taking a course like Emily's or the one that I offer through the Big Quiet. You can do that by downloading meditation apps and being guided through meditations on a daily basis, like the One Giant Mind app or Calm or Headspace. Um, this is a great first step. Some of the other things that we can start to do that are really important, prioritizing rest. And that's real. It's about starting to look at how you can do less. So it's like sleep in on Saturday if you're able to and just watch Netflix in bed. Take some nights off. Give yourself more of the rest that you really feel your body needs and be aware of when you feel a sense of guilt around it or a sense of shame around it or laziness. Notice when you feel that and then kiss it goodbye because this is actually one of the most important things that you can be doing. Or like you said, one of the great forms of productivity, giving yourself permission to rest and changing that mindset. Sleeping in, going to sleep earlier. Uh, next thing that I'll, I'll speak to, and by the way, I don't expect people to do all of these, but if you can, if you can start to implement a couple of these, that's great. Our phones and the amount of information that we process through our phones and our computers is very jarring to our body system. As, as, a, as a fun side, side fact, the amount of information that we would process in our entire lives when we lived in tribes, which is how we existed for a majority of our time on earth. The amount of information we, we, we process in an entire lifetime living in tribes is equivalent to the amount of information we process in one day to day. But our brains have not biologically evolved in this short period of time to a place where we can actually handle that. So Jeez. really understanding... Yeah, that's real. So really understanding that we need to create some boundaries for the way we use our phones and our devices, right? It's like, We've got, we got handed these smartphones and these social media uh, accounts without any training or understanding how to use them. It's like, it's like you know, giving a kid unlimited food without teaching a kid how to eat. Mm -hmm. right? We just gorge ourselves on this stuff. By the way, I'm not someone who is anti-social media. I actually like it quite a bit. But when I gorge myself on it, yeah. right? mindless scrolling forever, right? all, you know, all the stuff, like it's constant news, I start to really dislike it. By the way, that's a really uh, uh, great way to add to some of the discomfort around burnout. So we can start to get clear about boundaries. This is tough, but if we can get clear about boundaries is really important. So the ones that are really helpful for me, which are very doable, one hour before you go to sleep, off your phone. It will change the way that you sleep. It will change the levels of rest that you get. Mm. The blue light that's emitted from your phone and also from your iPad and laptop, you could say it, that's true. The blue light that comes off these devices, the body uh, uh, thinks is the sun. There's a similar light frequency to the sun. So it confuses the body's circadian rhythm. It's like being outdoors in the sun right before you go to sleep. It confuses the system. So we can take about an hour before we go to sleep off these devices. This is super helpful. I also recommend charging the phone outside of the bedroom and getting an analog alarm clock. Game changer for sex, game changer for romance, and for deep sleep. No phones in the bedroom. No scrolling. Other things. Game changer for sex, you, really. Big time, really. Because think about it. Well, think about this. my blue light glasses when, when, as we speak. <laughs> there we go. The reason why it's a game changer around sex is because for a lot of us, the bedroom and the bed has become the office. Think about how how often we check our emails and we're responding to emails and you know we're doing very unsexy stuff 
in the place that's really designed for sleep and lovemaking. Mm-hmm. So the more we can get that energy out of there, the better we sleep, the better we have sex. Okay, speaking of sex, our next clip is from sexologist Michelle Hope on how to keep things sexy. We were all in quarantine for a long time this year, but I think these tips from episode 37 can be used anytime. How do I keep this up? Like, how do I keep this from getting boring? Because like, you're only in a limited space, you know? I I mean, I'm always a big... I, I, I love the idea of role play create characters for give yourself. Us a, give us your favorite character. Because maybe some people like hear role play and they're like, oh, I've heard that, but they don't really know how to explore kind it. Of tap into that. Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, and people might laugh at me, but I really hope people are taking notes and journaling. Write a little bit, like with yourself, think of a character that maybe you've seen on a TV show, like maybe your favorite show, what character do you really like? And then if you were that character, start to think about how you might behave. And this could take some time, again, to build up and then think about how you might come on to your partner as that character. Maybe it's a a doctor-nurse role. Maybe it's, um, I'm trying to think of, a, maybe you're a cheerleader. Maybe not a doctor nurse in this current yeah, maybe climate. Not, yeah. Good call. Good call. Good get, call. That role play could get dark fast. You know, it could get dark. It could, but we don't know. Maybe some people like dark fantasy. Who knows? That's true. That's true. Um, not not kind. Not trying to kink shame out there. Not at all. Maybe it's the cable guy. Maybe it's you know a happy endings massage in home masseuse. Oh, so after you do your walk. Right? Instead of using your key, you ring the doorbell. <laughs> Maybe because I, I love it. Like, I know that there's still like some food, deli- at least in New York, you can pick, take food out, like takeout. And then maybe you're the pizza delivery girl. Maybe you're the food delivery person, right? Maybe What's you're a like plumber. an actual one that you like. One I like. I am a big fan of the handy person. Really? Coming to to fix my pipes. I I don't know why. That sounds crazy, but I'm fine with that. It's cool by me. I also am a fan of the teacher role or the tutor coming in. Yeah, that's a good one. If you have kids, maybe you're the new nanny. Ooh, I like that. That's hot. Right. Right. Yeah, totally. You're the new nanny and maybe your skirt is a little bit shorter than what it should be to babysit the kid. Maybe mm. you're the au pair who's <laughs> the live-in. I mean, there's, we go a lot of places. We here. can go a lot of places. I like the, I like the like intern who's like trying to like make their career happen. <laughs> That partner's like the boss that, you know, just really wants to see some references. You know, they need to get you alone and see your skill set. Yeah. Maybe you're the secretary and you want a promotion. I also want to encourage, like you talked about it earlier, just kind of spontaneous sex. Maybe your partner is, and this, somebody might be like, this is crazy, but maybe your partner's on a work call. Hopefully it's not a Zoom call. It's just like an audio call. And all of a sudden, your clothes have fallen off and you're the cleaning lady and you're the maid and you're cleaning up the house naked or in 
a thong with your breasts out. Put on some heels. By the time that call's over, because the person can't just leave the call. So, and they might seem a little annoyed at first, but you don't have to touch them. You don't have to, you know, be like bugging them, but just clean in your heels and your panties. And by the time (laughs) that call is over, you might be having some real hot sex. Yes. And definitely, definitely double check and make sure that's not a Zoom call. For my unattached listeners, here is a clip from the incredible author and speaker, Amy Chan, from our Heal Your Heart episode. We talked about chemistry and picking the wrong partners. And oh God, where was this episode in my early 20s? Take a listen. If you ask yourself, is my chemistry compass broken? And the way that you could tell is look at the last three to four people that you've either dated or had a relationship with. And if those relationship outcomes were negative or toxic or unhealthy, then it's chances are your chemistry compass needs some tinkering. And if that is the case, then you know that something is off. So when you feel that you know, 10 out of 10, oh my God, I want to rip your clothes off. That's not love. That's probably a wounding pattern where your wounds recognize their wounds. And you're like, oh my God, we can have this fucking wounding party together. That's when you go, oh my God, I need to stay away. But because we've been fed those storylines since we've been very young, we think, oh no, no. When we get that 10 out of 10, that means green light. No, it doesn't. It means red light. (laughs) I know you mentioned this too. And I, I like how you were talking about like your list and how you were like looking for like, Good qualities in another person, and it wasn't necessarily that they were six five. But I do hear this repeatedly, and I was guilty of this, and I know my friends are guilty of this of having these like really you know kind of crazy, almost impossible list of qualities that they're looking for in another person. You know, I, I I've been guilty of having my list as well, and then I would meet people who would fit the requirements of my list and still feel empty, and. And it's fine if some people have a list and they meet someone else has a list and they get together. There's a lot of relationships out there that are like that. But this is a, that's a cognitive process, right? You're using your brain to access as if you are, you know, I don't know, scoring, you know, picking a salad, right? Okay. Has tomatoes. Okay. Has brown eyes, you know, make six figures. Okay. Check, check, check. That's all a cognitive process. Love is not about your brain. Love is about your heart and it's an energy. And so um, I think that's where we are really diluting ourselves from creating these partnerships that can be so fulfilling is you're dating a list or you're trying to find a list and that isn't ultimately going to make you feel fulfilled. I used to only date men who were entrepreneurs and making a lot of money because I thought I could up up-level my own lifestyle. And I actually went to a psychic who said to me, the most important thing for you isn't about the money or you know how powerful this person is. A heart connection is the most important for you. So you need to prioritize that on the top of your list versus how much money they make. And that was a total slap in my face. I was like, holy shit, that's so right. Yeah, it's so it's hard to, and I'm interested how you did this in your experiment because it's one thing when you're like meeting people out in the wild, but I think a lot of us date these days through apps. So right. it can be hard to like tell a lot about somebody's character. And you are kind of basing them off of these like, you know, qualities that you can only really see, which makes it tough. So I'm interested when you went through your experiment where you were like trying to go out with people who didn't like necessarily go with your chemistry compass, like 
how did you how did you find those people? Like, how, what was your criteria for kind of weeding that out on the apps? Yeah, it was a combination. So once I actually set my intention, I'm like, I'm open to this. I started to notice people I normally didn't notice within my own community and network. So there was that part. Um, and then the second part was just being on the apps. And normally it's like, no, 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 no. And then this time I was like, you know what? Like, okay, maybe. And look, I'm not saying that you go out and you date someone that you absolutely like loathe or you think it's annoying or you think it's disgusting. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to go to the other side of the pendulum where you're like dating people you have zero, zero chemistry with. But what I'm saying is chemistry is not necessarily going to be processed in your brain as romantic right away. All you need to do is ask yourself, am I having a good time? Do I want to see this person again? That is it. If the answer is yes, then you go on a second date and then a third. And you might be surprised that later on you will realize that, oh, this is a romantic chemistry. Mm. So you don't need to categorize where that chemistry is right away. Yeah. I feel like we're so guilty of that, especially because all of us, especially if you've been dating for a really long time, you know, you might get to a point you're like, you literally sit down at the date, you're like, within five minutes, you're like, nope, I don't think he's my husband. Let me go. You know, like I I literally talked to my girlfriends that like are just so tired of dating that they want to like, get through as many guys as they can because of like, it's, it's quote unquote, a numbers game. Right. So I, I love that. Like not putting that so much pressure on that initial connection, I think is huge. Speaking of a broken chemistry compass, this next clip comes from our fuckboy episode with fuckboy aficionado comedian Mary Beth Barone and America's favorite fuckboy, Carl Radke of Bravo TV's Summer House. You know what's interesting, I think, too, because if like, you've ever dealt with a fuckboy, sometimes they just disappear for like two weeks at a time, but then they'll hitch back up. Two weeks, try six months. Oh, oh, that's true. I've had guys ghost me for six months and then they text me, how are you? Just how are you? Like flat out the gate or something like referencing something that happened literally six months ago. Wow. wow. Do yeah. they just do how with the just are and then you? And you uh, oh, that would make it even worse. <laughs> you couldn't even spell out the extra letters you have. Make the effort. We should know? have like a fuckboy um, like text like like the Rosetta Stone, but for translate. Yeah. <laughs> like Good if you get, if you're getting the letter R, you like yeah, you're well, that's how that. I text now, unfortunately. So some of the traits like really did stick with me, um, but I've tried to not let, let the really bad ones kind of like become part of my personality. That's I true. did buy navy blue sheets though, which I'm not proud of, and I didn't realize it at the time. But navy blue sheets are like. A fuckboy thing. Wait, really? I have navy blue sheets. I have them, and then I bought light green ones. And I, don't, I, I only sleep in navy, navy blue, blue sheets. Wait, why is how is that a thing? I don't know. It just is. Is that just from like your like clinical research? It's you know? from a lot of people on the internet as well. That is so funny. I've never heard. I, that. I actually start. I started buying blue sheets when I just moved to New York. I've been in New York five and a half years now. We've been chatting a lot about romantic relationships, but this next clip comes from an episode about another important relationship, our friendships, and really toxic friendships with best-selling author and speaker, Lori Harder. This is from episode 51, which I think broke the record for most messages I've ever gotten after an episode. Take a listen. You know, when when is a person toxic? And... Yes. 
when do you know it's a toxic relationship? When should you leave? All of those things. And, and I don't so much believe that people are necessarily toxic. I think what can happen, don't get me wrong, there are some people who absolutely, you know, who, who are, you're like, that is not a good person, not gonna happen in my life. But I almost have to question it because I'm gonna, I'm, so I would love to hear your feedback on this too, because there are some toxic people in our lives who are totally showing up as like angels for real in other people's lives. Like they're a great person to maybe a kid or to, you know, maybe they're great at work or maybe they're like really, maybe they're changing people's lives in a certain way, in a really great way. But to you, you just cannot see past how awful this person is. And I think what happens is that we stick around past our contract. I think we're all like have soul contracts with people and some are long and some are short. And I think what happens is that we stay with somebody who we were supposed to be in a short soul contract with and we try to milk it out for five more years, 10 more years because we just as human beings are like, no, I had this moment with you and I need you know to have you in the rest of my life. Like, yeah. And that's not how it works at all. So the thing that I've learned is there are going to be people who are going to be in your... Obviously, we know that quote. Like There are people who are going to be in your life a short period of time. And then there are going to be the people who walk with you your whole lifetime. And I think that number is so small who actually walk with you in your whole lifetime. And if we really think... That's not a painful concept, but we make it painful because what we don't do is we're never present with the moments in the short contracts with people who it's like, wow, this was the freaking best year working with this girl. And this was, you know, she was the most amazing um, like coworker or assistant or whatever that relationship was. And we're not being present for what it is right now. We just keep thinking everything has to be extended or why can't it be long? Why can't it be forever? And I think that we stop people from going and doing what they're supposed to do. We stop ourselves from doing what we're supposed to do because we are trying to stay past the expiration date. Totally. And that's where I think it starts going toxic. It's like an onion. Like put it in your fridge. It's going to be great for a while. You're going to make some great stuff out of it. Like you're going to have these incredible meals, but you keep that onion in your fridge too long. And it's it's going to be like so toxic for you to eat because you kept it longer than you should have it. And that's what happens in relationships. Wait, side note. How long are you supposed to have an onion in your fridge for? Because I have one that I've been like milking for like three weeks. It's probably time to let it go. <laughs> I feel like that toxic onion metaphor is a perfect segue into our next clip from best-selling author of Genius Foods and The Genius Life, Max Lugavere, episode 35. I think we've all suffered from brain fog or days that we get to work and we're just like, why can't my brain turn on? Like, what is that? And you, you kind of talk about how like foods have a direct, you know, effect on you. Yeah. I mean, you are what you eat. People know that, but they don't make that connection with their brains, unfortunately. And your brain is literally made up of ingredients derived from your food. Um, And so, you know, the quality of your food dictates the quality of your brain. And it's like, you know, there's a saying that programmers use garbage in equals garbage out. That is definitely true for the quality of your, of your thoughts, of your mood, and of course your health. So yeah, I mean, eating foods like for example, wild salmon, 
which provides an omega-3 fatty acid. You know, people might have heard of omega-3s, which are very healthy. They're found in fish oils and things like that. Um, that provides literally like one of the most important structural building blocks for your brain, DHA fat. And we need these kinds of fats, these, these healthy, good fats, because what they do is they essentially keep the membranes of our brain cells fluid and supple. Um, and that's kind of an important point that I drive home uh, in, in Genius Foods, especially because, you know, when you think about a cell, a cell is like a compartmentalized little, you know, I mean, it's, it's really one of the key batteries of life is the cell. And you're made up of trillions of cells. Um, but for a cell to be able to perform its many functions and interact with its, with its environment, because you're a, you know, you're a, what you are is the summation of all of these cells. You're not just, you know, one cell. They all kind of work in concert the way that like, you know, an ant, you know, an ant colony might. Um, and, uh, and for your cells to be able to function properly, they need to be able to receive messages from the outside world. And in your brain, these messages, you know, many of them are uh, the result of these chemicals called neurotransmitters. And you might be familiar with serotonin, dopamine. Serotonin is, for example, crucially important for having a healthy mood and executive function, which includes planning, decision-making, um, impulse control. And then we have dopamine, which is involved in feelings of reward. It's also involved in movement. So Parkinson's disease, for example, is related to a deficit in dopamine. Um, and it affects the way that you move. So anyway, you'll, these neurotransmitters work. They are released by a neighboring neuron. And then they have to be heard by the adjacent neuron. And for them to be able to be heard and so that their messages actually get across, your brain cell membranes have to possess this property known as fluidity so that a receptor can actually like bob up to the surface, kind of like a buoy. It's almost like an ear on the surface of, of the brain cell membrane. But unlike the ear on your head, it's not just, it's not always there. It bobs up. It grabs the message and then it recedes back, you know, back down into the ether um, <laughs> to, to really simplify things. But, uh, but that, that ability of, you know, these receptors to be able to like bob in and out and receive the messages and even like release the, 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 these chemical messengers, um, that DHA fat is going to help your brain cells become or, or be as fluid as possible. Whereas other fats, you know, might make them more rigid. So the, the foods that I recommend in Genius Foods are all about, you know, providing building blocks to your brain that are going to keep them fluid and supple and also protect them um, over time as they age, as they incur insults from the environment, whether it's, you know, heavy metals or unhealthy oxidized oils that are commonly found in, you know, in, in whenever we eat in restaurants or eat packaged processed foods and things like that. Um, so yeah, so it's all about it's all about giving your brain cells like the nutrients that they need to function at their best. Okay, we've got two clips left. And honestly, this next one was one of the biggest aha moments for me personally of the entire year. Hypnotherapist Stephanie Kwong talks about up-leveling and breaking our barriers in this clip from episode 47. When, when we're all trying to up-level and like I do this in my business, like I always am trying to get to the next level or working really hard just through like sheer force, trying to like <laughs> push through to the other side. But for some reason, there's like something blocking. Like there's something in the way. I can't, you can't always like understand what it is. Like for me, I've kind of felt like my business was growing 
pretty rapidly when I first started. And then I went through like a year and a half, two years where it kind of just leveled off and I wasn't really getting anywhere. And I'm just interested, like, you know, when we talk about this, like what are some of these blocks that keep us from like continuing to move up? So these blocks, these invisible barriers that we're like, what the heck is in our way is usually our limiting beliefs, right? It's we get indoctrinated into society, being programmed by media, by our parents, by siblings, by teachers, and even by ourselves because we make a lot of misinterpretations of experiences when we're growing up, right? So as an example of that, you're in a classroom. This is a class example. You're in a classroom. The teacher asks a question. You raise your hand to answer. You say the wrong thing. Everybody laughs at you. And now you've made the decision like it's not safe to speak up in front of people because you'll be humiliated or shamed. So then you made a decision as a child, like five, seven, nine years old, that you carry with you into adulthood. And until you actually heal that and realize that you're not the five-year-old, the seven-year-old, the nine-year-old anymore, you're going to continue to run that same program. And it's all these programs that whether someone imposes them on you, right? They tell you what to believe or who you are or what's possible for your life, or you made these misinterpretations that guides you forever until, again, you change them, and those become the barriers that block you. So if you see yourself a certain way, right, your um, self-image, if you have the stories of I'm not good enough, or I'm not capable, or I can only attain this amount of financial success, if that's what you believe, that's going to be your set point and where you constantly bump up against and you cannot surpass, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that goes for every area of your life. So whether that's in relationships, if you believe that it's not safe to open your heart because you're going to get hurt, or if you love someone, they're going to leave you, again, based off of past conditioning, then maybe you get into a great relationship and all of a sudden they start loving you and you're like, oh my God, oh my God, what if they leave me? So I'm going to leave first and then boom, you bolt. And that becomes this, again, habituated pattern. And you're like, I don't know why I keep getting these relationships. They're not the right guys, so I have to leave. No, it's unconscious you know, beliefs that you have around what it means to be in a relationship. And again, it could be around your health. It could be around... Um, business, anything. So these barriers that are holding you back are your beliefs about yourself, about what you're capable of, about what you feel you deserve, or about what's possible for you in your life. So in order to go to the next level, the goal is to next level those beliefs. Because even if you have the willpower, (laughs) try to (laughs) force it, you're like, this time I'm going to do it, you know, (laughs) and you try to force yourself by sheer willpower or you are constantly learning new strategies and hiring different coaches or do all this stuff to, to get to the next level. But if your internal world is not aligned, it hasn't up leveled, you're going to stay stuck because everything in your external world is a reflection of your inner world. That's so interesting. This is actually reminding me, you you mentioned you listened to Tony Robbins. Like Mm -hmm. back in the day, I went to his date with destiny last year. And one of the most like powerful things he said, it's it's like, it, it painted like a very clear image of this for me in my head, but he talked about like your internal thermostat. Mm -hmm. So if you think in your head that you're like 80 degrees, you know, like you're, you think like, you know, I'm not a superstar, but I'm pretty good. Like I'm an 80 degree or I mean, you know, 
it protects you in some ways because if you start like your performance falls to like a 70 or a 65, maybe you go through a slump, like you will internally regulate yourself back up to 80. You're like, no, I know I'm an 80 percenter. But at the same time, if you start doing higher, if you start going higher, you start getting opportunities to kind of be like a 90%, the same thing. Like you will self-regulate yourself down. Mm -hmm. You'll self-sabotage. Yeah. Yeah. You cannot outperform your thermostat, right? And your thermostat are the beliefs that you have about who you are, what you deserve, what you're capable of, and what's possible for you, right? Mm -hmm. So if, let's say, here's something. So I'm going to throw it around love. Let's say you believe that you're unlovable. Whatever messages that you received in your past that had you believe that. And now all of a sudden, someone's coming to love you. What happens is you perceive whatever does not jive with your belief system, your internal thermostat, is perceived as a threat by the mind. And so if something is perceived as a threat, all of a sudden our whole fight flight goes off, right? And we will sabotage or we'll run or do whatever it it is to push that thing away. I know we're headed into the holiday season, which can be a joyful time, but it can also be a stressful time, especially after the year we all just had. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes, and that's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. I mean, overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Sleep, Headspace has wind down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well being. And it is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. You guys have heard me talk about meditation before. I mean, I swear by it. I'm I'm someone who has anxiety on the reg and meditation has helped me get that shit a little more under control. And especially when I was first starting to meditate, Headspace was a great introduction. Like I love how they guide you through meditations to take the guesswork out of doing it. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. It makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Just go to headspace.com slash big kid. That's headspace.com slash big kid for a free one month trial with access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal that they're offering right now. So again, just head to headspace.com slash big kid today. And finally, guys, I kind of have to laugh about this next clip. It's from our first episode of the year with energy healer, Milana Snow. And we're talking about vision boarding and manifesting for the new year. So if your resolutions didn't exactly pan out in 2020, this may help. Okay, can I be real with you for please, one second? Please. 
So I, I'm just thinking of my night, my 2019 vision board. Like I hung that shit next to my bed. I looked at it every day and like that shit did not come true. (laughs) (laughs) What am I doing wrong? Oh my God. I'm so glad you were so real. (laughs) Okay. I'm so glad you asked this because first of all, you're not doing anything wrong. I want to first like just have you remember that because, um, things always come in divine timing. And that's something that is a really important mantra that I think we could all use yeah. for this year. Um, but secondly, something to know about the vision boards and the scripting is that we must write it from a place of being instead of wanting. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the vision board and we say, that's not my life, I want that to be my life, then we're in a dissonance with that reality. Because I live in this theory that like we have infinite dimensions of experience and there's one dimension where you're married there's one dimension where you're widow there's one dimension where you're lesbian there's whatever (laughs) there's like infinite dimensions of experience and the more that you start to vibrate with those different dimensions you start to actually experience what that path contains does that make sense yeah so when we look at a vision board and we're longing and we're like i want that why is that not here and maybe that's not what you're conscious thought was, Mm -hmm. but even just a slight thought of, I don't have that house, but I want that house is dissonance. So we, when we do the scripting, we put ourselves in a position of, I have this and I'm so grateful. And then it helps us to put in the energy and the feeling of that being real. And that's when manifestation happens. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think it, maybe it's taking a little bit more time. Like I'm just, you know, like and being more conscious about when I'm looking at this vision board. Cause I think you're right. I think I am honestly like, Oh, that tropical vacation didn't happen. Totally. And just checking like, in what way am I relating to this image that I have put in front of me? Like, am I relating to this as it's out of reach and it will come someday? Cause the someday will always be someday. Mm. Or am I saying like, this is happening because, you know, I even do this little trick with myself. I, I like to, like, start to lean into the feeling of something coming. So I'll literally start to make this thing up. And we can do this even right now. I'll be like, ooh, a really big check is coming. And then I'll just start to say that to myself. Like, ooh, really big check. I can feel this check coming. And even as I'm saying that, I can kind of feel my hairs get a little. Do you yeah, feel I get that? a little bit. Yeah. And then I just start. Mm, I feel, and then I start to look for signs for that check coming. And I'm like, this is happening. And then no joke, Sarah, within literally days or weeks, it comes. But I have to consciously tune that and say, okay, I'm going to start allowing myself to feel that because that is a reality Mm -hmm. that is happening. So can I just use my consciousness to tune myself and say, ooh, okay, I feel it. And then I just call it in, I call it in, and then I start to feel it. I actually really like that technique. Like even you just explaining that. Cause I think sometimes it can be hard when people say to feel like it's already there, but you can be excited. Like I even like you saying that I'm like, Oh, I can, I, I know what that excitement feels like. Totally. Yeah. Totally. That's interesting. And I think when we look at our vision boards, we can start, if we feel far away from it. So if we don't feel at the point where we're like, yeah, that house is my house, you know, or that trip, I'm on it next week, (laughs) whatever. If you don't feel the nowness of it, then you can at least start to say, I can feel it being drawn to me. I can feel it coming closer. And then it's almost like you're connecting the dots. Yeah. You know? 
All right, guys, that is a wrap on our little 2020 compilation episode and a wrap on 2020. I'll be off next week attempting to relax over the holidays. But while I'm off the air next week, I hope you go back and listen to some past episodes you may have missed. This was only a taste of some of the awesome guests and topics we've covered this year. And I hope you guys have found value in listening to this podcast. I do just want to take a second and acknowledge you for a second. I mean, you made it through 2020. This was not an easy year, but you did it. And honestly, I really do think things are going to ease up next year. Oh God, I hope. With this new vaccine, I, I do really think we're on the up and up and the worst is behind us. So here's looking up in 2021. I hope you enjoy your holidays. Take a moment and really just be proud of yourself for still standing after everything we've been through. And I can't wait to see you back here next year so we can take on the new year together. I know I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but if you've been enjoying this podcast, please take a moment and leave a little review. Maybe do it now before you forget. It takes less than a minute and really does help this show grow. It's also basically all I want for Christmas, which is sad, but kind of true. I'd also love to hear what your favorite insights from the year were. Take a screenshot from your favorite episode and post it in your stories for a chance to win some awesome prizes over the next two weeks. There are seriously weeks I run these giveaways where only like three people do it and everybody wins a prize. So trust me, your chances of getting something from me are higher than you think. We'll be running that through the end of the year. So post away and remember to tag me at Big Kid Problems. Also, while I'm off the air next week, I'll still be in the not-so-secret Big Kid Problems Facebook group. So if you want to dive deeper, chat about the episode, or just share your Big Kid Problems, that is a safe little corner of the internet, and I'd love to meet you in there. So come hang out. All right. With all that being said, I want to thank all of our guests and sponsors from this past year. And I want to thank you for tuning in and giving this show a chance. There are literally thousands of podcasts out there. So I really do appreciate you spending your time with me. It is an honor. I love you guys. Stay safe this holiday season and I'll see you back here in January. Happy holidays.